0: Father, with this, we just come to you this evening. Come to you in faith, in trust. You are our Father. We just want to confess our love for you, Lord. We want to confess our weakness. We want to proclaim your strength. We just want to say, Father, speak to us, teach us your ways, show us your paths. Every time we gather for the ministry of the word, it's for one purpose alone, that we might know you better and better and better, Lord. Because your word says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God, Father. Help us to grow in both O oh, Father. Every year be open. Every heart, mind be open. Let us be prepared, O oh God, to receive from you always, Lord. For you are a good God. You always speak to your children. Teach us, Lord, even tonight. Teach us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Keep all the previous messages in your heart, in your mind. Keep on. Never forget. Keep on listening. Keep on Keep on hearing, keep on studying the word, it will all come to you, use one day and every day. Last Sunday we looked at increasing our, our faith, the prayer of the disciples, Lord increase our faith, like we said, no? I know you have heard it many times, but remember, every time Jesus comes, he walks through, or even in history in, uh, the Old Testament, or Jesus' three-and-a-half years ministry, he doesn't look for virtue first. He doesn't look for knowledge. He doesn't look for any of those things. All he looks for is, does somebody really believe what I say? Does really anybody believe? Okay, He first looks for faith, because that's a start. Everything begins with God, with faith. And if you don't believe, it doesn't matter what else you are. In the kingdom of God, nothing will happen in your life. Okay, And faith comes from hearing. So even when we come to the hearing of the word of God, and we are talking about the hearing of the word of God, do do not narrow it down to this teaching of the word alone, like worship took place. But the songs that you are singing is the word of God. Okay, Even if it's written by man, it is based on. So just don't randomly sing, because like I said, God will take your songs seriously. He said, you said, I take it. Okay, and, uh, suddenly you will see things going, you no, know, actually you think going wrong, but actually it is going right. Because he took you at your word. So everything, everything, remember, faith comes from hearing. First is hearing, and hearing from the word of God. <coughs> because it's only through faith God can work. And last Wednesday, if you would remember last Wednesday, fundamental when we study the old testament right now you read as young people not now you're not young you're old you're old enough to move mountains okay there's so nobody young over here other than Sarah and Amman and Joanna all the others are how old are you Ajay 13 oh my gosh she's 13 years old you're a big boy <laughs> Jesus was asking questions at 12 in the temple and they couldn't answer him okay you're 13 so all of us are here and you Vinkert 12 okay at 12 he was at the temple okay so there's nobody young here except these three little triples, okay so remember we st- we read the old testament we learn history but more than history it's spiritual truth so last week we saw that in from second kings chapter 7 uh, the sons of the prophets or the school of prophets they found there is room for growth. Okay, and that is something. It's always room for growth in the spiritual realm. It, you never stop growing. You never stop growing. Because if you stop growing, then God is limited. God is a spirit, and it's, you, you are born in the spirit. That spirit is from God, that part. There is no limit to which you can grow. There is room for growth. And to, for to grow, you saw, you have to cut. You will face obstacles. You have to cut Clear those obstacles. Unless you clear those obstacles, you will not grow. So growth and obstacles. Growth also means change. And nobody likes change. Change. But you have no choice but change. Okay. Next thing we saw was the one of the sons of the prophets. He was wise. He invited Elisha. Uh, so Elisha went along. You have to invite Christ. Remember, even on the road to Mao's after talking to Maul, he was Acting as if he was going to pass by. And they compelled him to come with them into the little inn. And therefore he sat and therefore their eyes opened. So they asked. It may be a very simple task. But you ask God every day to come along. And because of that something happened over there. He loses his axe head. So the point is that two things you need to remember. Sharpen your skills. Okay. All of you. Young people always. Okay. Little little skills. You may think it is not useful. Nothing in life is ever wasted by God. Never wasted by God. That's why he asked them to pick up those fragments after they finished eating, okay? Everything will come useful. It actually gives you a lot of liberty in life to do the things of God, these little, 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 little skills, okay? Little, little skills, okay? You will, you will realize maybe if there's time, I'll explain it to you, but sharpen your edge. Okay, that's the axe, even those who are working in different, different fields, okay. This is the time you can learn skills. When you are young, you can learn. They say you cannot teach an old dog new tricks, okay. Old dog, new tricks, okay. But God can, but usually it is more difficult to learn new stuff when you are older. But when you are young, you are, you are, you can really learn. Second thing, see that you have a real tight grip on the handle. Okay. Don't lose your handle, don't fly off the handle, okay? The axe head flow off the handle. So that's what we see. This is an incredible miracle. You have to believe in the supernatural, okay? Because axe heads do not float, they sink. They sink; they don't float. Okay, we'll come that, come to that part. Not the accent, but the supernatural later. Immediately, you see, as soon as there is growth, because that's why I said you do not read this as history, because it's not a historical account. This is a spiritual account of how God is teaching the generations upon whom the end of ages has come. Immediately, you see there is an attack. A frontal, straightforward attack comes. There is a king who attacks. You see immediately, as soon as the accident is retrieved. And they make space, and king of Aram comes to fight. There is a frontal attack. And when the attack takes place, there is only one man who is at ease. That is the man of God, who has seen into the other realm. There are sons of prophets. There are a lot of people over around. Nobody is at, even the prophet's own servant is petrified, frightened. Like one of the news you get today, right now, you get today, is they expecting a war in the Middle East, because... Hamas may attack Israel. Okay, so there is like tension in the air. Yesterday they sent in 170 rockets. They may, okay. Everybody is preparing for another another Middle East between Palestine and Israel. Okay, a lot of stuff happening today, tomorrow. So there is always an attack. And when attack comes, there is fear. But you see, a man of God is absolutely at ease. There's a huge army sent to take him. But he's at ease because he sees where God is at. Okay, Unless you and I see what God is doing, we will lose our peace. We will lose our peace. We will lose. We will be restless. We have to see what God is doing. The next thing you see is that the servant who does not see is, is afraid. Though he is with the man of God, he doesn't see what the man of God sees. And you will see this is what happens with the disciples. Though they walked with Jesus for three and a half years and experienced in their physical realm the supernatural power of God, they did not see what he saw. And don't make that mistake that you don't see what God wants us to see. We have to see. That's why Paul says, pray. No, that God open the eyes of our understanding. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we have been seeing over the weeks, when the attack comes, these are the trials or the tests of our faith. What happens? Fear comes in. Doubt comes in. Worry comes in. Human reasoning comes in. Okay? And then we saw on Sunday Sunday, unbelief and sometimes it can be very violent unbelief comes in all these things are faith killers faith killers and if your faith is dead you're dead you're dead okay next we saw on last Wednesday was then God works Uh, you have to see these two things okay he blinds the enemy While he opens the eye of Elisha's servant, okay? He opens the eye over here and he blinds. These are all fundamental principles, okay? When the final plague, not the 10th one, the ninth one came, there was darkness in all of Egypt, yet there was light in Goshen, okay? And when the Pharaoh came and the army was behind, the Spirit of God went behind and he was like a fire, light for Israel and darkness for Egypt. Okay, you have to see those things and have to really, really believe because otherwise you will not be able to fight your battles. If you want to really fight spiritual battles because faith is a fight, you have to learn how to fight and you have to open your mouth like Alicia said and said, I speak blindness in the ranks of the enemies. You're not talking about physical flesh and blood, what, what empowers them. Once the demons are confused, the men who are, who are um, trusting them are also confused. They don't know which way to turn. So, they were blinded. So, these lessons are there in the Bible. So, what you will see the other signs. And we said, check those signs last uh, Wednesday. You see one, a donkey's head is being sold. Yeah? And donkey, we said, is a stubborn. So, you have to realize when these things happen, what am I? The Holy Spirit doesn't make you stubborn. He makes you sensitive. The word of God without the spirit of God will make you stubborn. Okay, please look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Quickly, somebody can read. Another one can pick Acts chapter 7 and verse 54. 2, 37 and 7, 54. Now, when they heard this, Peter was preaching a simple sermon on the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit has come. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. See, this is what the word and the Holy Spirit comes together. It makes you sensitive. It doesn't make you mad. It doesn't make you angry. It doesn't make, you, it makes you sensitive. They were cut to the heart. But in 754, you will again see another servant of God preaching to, to set up people who are very learned in the word of God. And scripture says in verse 54, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Read it loudly. Mm. Yeah. They were enraged. They were mad and they were Grinding their teeth. Now look at verse 51. What he said is what is happening. What is verse 51? You stiff-necked, you stubborn people. Stiff-necked means stubborn. You stubborn people, you always? Yes, and you oppose the Holy Spirit. Okay, you see, oppose. They have the word, but they oppose the Holy Spirit. When you oppose the Holy Spirit, you become stubborn. So, you, God is not causing situations in our life to make us stubborn, but to make us sensitive. But here you will see the siege will reveal where we are. When these things, with siege means your supply is cut. okay, We have become dry and empty when we are supposed to be fertile and fruitful in the kingdom of God. And God is allowing this to happen to see how do we react. It's only by your reactions. okay, You will know what you are and you will see they are stubborn. And the second thing we see, they are eating the dove's calves or the, the poop. Not actually the poop, in that poop, the undigested green parts in it. Meaning, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. Okay, here they are eating what the Holy Spirit has rejected. While when Noah's ark rested and Noah sent the dove, it came with a green leaf in his mouth. That's a new creation. It's receiving something from the Tao's mouth. Here, they are taking something from the other end. (laughs) That the Tao has refused. The Tao has rejected. You are living in the past where the Holy Spirit once was and not where He is now. And you miss the move of the Holy Spirit, okay? That's what's happening. Third thing we saw, there's a sense of helplessness. Okay, helpless. What can I do is the king. Well, we saw Paul lying in the Philippine prison says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. In your situations, you need to realize, am I helpless? Or are you? Your hope has never gone, you know. Your hope has not gone, you know. I am in this situation. I am surrounded, but God is with me. Therefore, I am not hopeless. Okay, you have to look at how you react to know what your situation is. <clears throat> the next thing you see is that they are eating each other's children what we call spiritual cannibalism, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15. Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. That's what happened in lives, homes, churches, offices. We are talking in the Christian context, okay? We are not judging the world. We've got nothing to do with the world. What does it say, 5.15? If we bite and devour one another, take heed... You will be consumed one of another if what happened if everybody had started eating their children <laughs> ultimately there is no nothing left your future is gone, okay, so Paul is talking about you have to look at what is happening over there in the physical realm and you have to see here what is happening in the spiritual realm and God says don't devour each other, don't devour each other, you will end up with nothing okay you will destroy yourself fourth thing we fifth thing we saw was that People want others to do something for you, which they themselves are not willing to do. One lady ate the other lady's son, but when it came to her time, she hid us. Okay. It's a spiritual trait in people. Okay. They want, the question is, you want everybody to pray for you, but the question is, do you pray for others? You want everybody to bless you, but the question is, do you bless others? You want everybody to help you, but do you help others? Okay, these are the questions, because when that happens, what happens? God cuts the 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 supply, because he says, it is not to be wasted. It is not to be wasted. My spirit cannot be used like that. Okay, please remember, once it goes on like that. The second, the sixth thing we saw is, the king, when he hears that, he tears his robes, and what do you see inside? Sackcloth. Yet he is angry at the man of God. He is a skeleton. <laughs> Okay, so it's a contradiction. Mourning and murder. Okay, that is Esau. Full of tears, and he says, after my father is dead, I will kill my brother. Okay, weeping with his, before his father, but heart is full of murder. Okay, so please remember, these are all signs. And through it all, we will see Elisha is sitting. And the elders are seated with him. What is he telling us? He says, labor every day to enter into his rest because Jesus is seated in the heavenly realm. He's not restless. And God says we are seated in him in the heavenly places. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. He said that's something every day you have to labor to. Okay, you operate from rest. You always operate from rest. And you know that this is what is something which you will always see with Alicia. When the king of Syria sent this letter to the king of Judah, saying that I am sending my general, he has got leprosy, the king of Israel tore his robes. He said, "Now this will be a cause for war. And Elisha said, why are you upset? Why are you upset? Right? When the son of the prophet said, Master, the exodus is gone and it was borrowed, he said, where did you lose it? As if he's going to dive in and do it. nothing. Where did he lose it? Absolutely cool. Where did he lose it? Did you see? Okay. When the servant says, "Master, there is an army against us," he said, "Are oh, you afraid? There is more with us than there against us." When all this thing is happening in the city and everybody is going into cannibalism, he's sitting quietly, sitting quietly. Okay, you see this is, it's not one time, it's consistent with Elisha. It's something which you practice. This doesn't come overnight. You have, that's why Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, that you have to labor to enter into that rest. It's a constant. You labor, you labor, you labor. Meaning you praise, you worship, you look at the word of God and say, God is in control, God is in control, God is in control, God is in control, my God is in control. And after some time you will realize it seeps into your spirit, you are at rest. The next thing that comes may be something even more worse. But because you have an experience of entering into his rest, you will learn how to enter into rest because God works from rest. God cannot work with us when we are Restless, he wants rest it is an act of faith. That is what we saw last. Okay, now we go to Second Kings chapter seven, verses one and two. <clears throat> Hopefully, we look at two verses. Uh, yeah, chapters uh, uh, not seven. Uh Yeah, one and two. Elisha said, "Hear the word of the Lord." Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, about this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel, two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. <laughs> and the officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. Did you see that? Okay. Last week we also saw, whose arm do you lean on? Whose arm? This is the man on whom the king leans on. It's not that the king is walking like this. Mm -hmm. Meaning, this is the man's counsel the king depends upon. This is his closest advisor. This is the man who has the king's ear. Who has your ear? Who's your best friend? Whose counsel do you listen to? Is it the arm of flesh? Or is it the arm of faith? Is it the arm of unbelief? Who do you listen to? We saw symbolically last week when Moses was on on the top of the mountain and Joshua was fighting the Amalek. His arms were up. And when his arms came down, Joshua was losing. So two people came up. Aaron and her and they lifted. So he's leaning on, his arms are on there, he's leaning on them. And Israel started winning. Whose arms are you leaning on? is a question. Okay? Jonathan. King Saul has lost all his courage, everything sitting under a tree with 600 soldiers and two people quietly run away from there, escape from there. Quietly. Their king doesn't know, the priest doesn't know. Meaning the secular and the religious eyes are closed and these two young men. And Jonathan says, God can save with few or many. Let's go. The armor says, Whatever you say, Lord, I am with you. So he had somebody to lean on. Very good to lean on. That's a question God is asking. Who do you lean on? Because your friends, yes children, your friends will define who you become. That's why you have to choose your friends carefully. Very, very carefully. Because everybody has friends. And everybody is listening. Everybody is listening. Okay, Everybody will listen to counsel. Somebody you are leaning on to. Just think for a second. If you are in trouble, who is the first one you call? Who is the first one you share your trouble with? That's the arm you lean on. And this is the man on whom the king of Judah is leaning on. What does he say? Even if God were to open the floodgates of heaven, open the window of heaven, okay? Can this happen? Can this happen? This is the man on whom the king leans on. But before we get into it, let me make this note, okay? When you study scripture, there's something important which you need to understand. From Genesis, when you read from Genesis, God's account of mankind begins with one man, that is Adam, all of creation. After that, the narrative changes, it becomes one man called Abraham, okay? becomes Abraham. After that, from Genesis to Malachi, it's a history of Israel. A lot of people don't read the Old Testament saying, how does it matter to me? It's a history of Israel. Okay. If you know Exodus chapter 4 and verse 22, God, when he tells Moses to go to Pharaoh, he makes a statement over there. Tell Pharaoh this. This is what you need to tell Pharaoh. Israel is my one israel is my son he makes a statement israel is my son okay please get this very clearly i'll i'll, I'll connect it be, get it very very clearly god says israel is my son in hebrews 12 and verse 6 okay hebrews 12 and verse 6 this is what god says about sons verse 6 because the lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Did you get it? Did you get it? Yeah? Read it in your translation. Peter? <laughs> Loudly, Peter. How will you preach in Nigeria? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm. ah. Every son who raised. So what is the history of Israel? What is the Old Testament? The Old Testament is the history of how God deals with his children. That's why we study the Old Testament, because Israel is his son. India was not his son. China was not his son. This, the Old Testament doesn't talk about any of these nations, because he never accepted, took any Gentile nation as his child. He took only Israel as his child. And his dealings with Israel will teach us now who we are, the spiritual children of God, how he deals with children. That's why we study the Old Testament. We are not studying the history of Israel. We are studying how a father, God the father, deals with his children. So when you study from Genesis onwards till Malachi, and you see how God deals with individuals in Genesis, and then after that Exodus onwards all the way to Malachi, and you see there, does it fit with me? This is what he will do to me, if I am a child. It's as simple as that. Okay? That's how you learn. Okay? And if you come further to verse 11, why does it discipline us? Okay, verse 11. Yeah? At the moment, meaning when you are getting that whack, okay, it is very painful. Later on, it leaves a harvest of righteousness and peace. For those who have been, only if you are trained by it. It's not that every whack teaches you. <coughs> every whack, whack, whack teaches you. You have to learn from your discipline. Otherwise, everybody who has been disciplined <laughs> should be righteous people. No. Some criminals come out of the prison, has become. they have planned out the next crime by within that three years they are there. They come out even more smarter criminals. No. Discipline itself doesn't change really if you are trained by it. If you have been trained by God's discipline, you understand. That's why we are studying. Has Israel learned its lessons? No. You will see every time they open their mouth, this is unbelief. They don't trust God. They don't believe God. They don't ask God why is it. Gideon at least asks if God is for us, why is this happening to us? The angel says, Because of your sins. Okay. Why is? Okay, this is the question you need to ask. This is what it is talking about. Okay. So verse 12 and 3 will say, therefore. No, 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 12, 12, 12, 12, yeah, strengthen the arms that are weak, your feeble arms and weak knees, okay, you need to, why should I strengthen my arms, because others can lean on it, others can lean on it, so that when they lean on my arms, it is not the arm of flesh, it is the arm of faith, it's the arm of the spirit. Okay, strengthen your arm, strengthen your weakened knees. And verse 13 will say, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Okay, so keep this thing in mind. Okay, whose arm do you lean on? Okay, whose counsel do you listen to? Who are your friends? Who do you actually, because you have to lean on the arm of faith. You have to lean on the arm of prayer. You have to lean on the arm of godly counsel. Okay, so You have to say, Lord, make me that man of faith, a woman of faith, a woman of prayer, a woman with godly counsel. Okay, That's one good thing about Ahitophel. Ahitophel was that if you asked him, his counsel was like God was giving it. That's why every king wanted it. Daniel, every dispensation wanted Daniel. Every king's change, they all want Daniel. It's because every king wanted to lean on. Daniel's arm because of the counsel he would give even Gentiles king realized this guy is a good arm to lean on okay lean on this is what you need to realize then scripture says in let's go back to second Kings chapter 7 and verse 1 the word of the Lord came what does scripture says Elisha said hear the word of the Lord this is what the Lord says Genesis one one to Revelation twenty two twenty one is the word of the Lord. Hear what the Lord says. Okay, hear what the Lord says. Abel, in your leading worship, quoted a particular verse from Peter, Second Peter, chapter one. Okay, okay. Bible says, the Bible is full of exceedingly great promises. Through those, we have the knowledge of God, we have these promises, and when by faith we partake of it, we partake in the very nature of God and escape the world. The corruption that is in the world. So the entire Bible from 1-1, Genesis to 21 is God has spoken and God is speaking. He's still speaking. That's why we are able to take Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, which Elisha God spoke through Elisha maybe 3,000 years ago. And it's relevant for us today Because God is still speaking Okay, he's still speaking Everything you and I need for life Two things he said What is that one? For life and godliness Is there in this? That's the exact words he used every That's why I said you have to hear (laughs) Don't say we're waiting for Pastor Vijay or Pastor James to preach No, God speaks through worship leaders Okay he doesn't speak when mic testing, not that, but he speaks through every, even when prayer is going on, worship is going on, every through it all, even when you wake up in the morning when it is all silent and the first sounds you hear is the birds. And what do the birds do? They do not complain. They sing. They don't complain. I heard that from a worship leader many years ago in Jharkhand. Chiriyabi <laughs> hame paramishra ki baat sikaate hain. Gana se shuru karte hai, not with puspus. He teaches us all of creation. So remember, God speaks, God speaks everything that is needed for life. Life and godliness, past, present and future. Everything is here. That's why somebody said Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth this is the manual if you want to end up in eternity with god and be something over there this is the manual god has given to us only one book he gave how to love how to walk by faith the word of the lord came when the word of the lord came you have immediate response what did the man of the servant of the king say the officer of the king says not possible this is actual response not possible Not possible. That's our struggle. Every time you hear, yes, you hear, you hear. Maybe you heard one hour, 59 minutes on a Sunday, but maybe there was one line that was for you. When that came to you, what did you, what was your actual response inside? This man's response was, it is not possible. Even if God were to open the window of heaven, it's not possible. In Mark chapter 9, if you go to the Gospel according to Mark 9, and up verse 23 and 24. It's the Father and Jesus. We know it, but let's read it again. 23 and 24. What does the Father say? And Jesus said to him, hmm. that, Yeah, yeah. If you can, all things are possible to him who... If you can, said Jesus, all things are possible to him who... Believes and what did the father say? The boy's father say. The boy's father cried out and said, "I do believe." Help my unbelief. That should be our prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, but I also don't believe. I believe, but I also don't believe. This is this is the issue. This is our issue because you have the natural versus the supernatural. The natural eye sees this huge, massive army surrounded the city, in probably days, weeks. And the natural mind is saying, there is no way you can have food tomorrow, because the word of the Lord is saying tomorrow, cannot have food unless this army withdraws or is defeated. And even if it is defeated or withdraws, it will take weeks before flour can come from Egypt, the nearest country. And for it to be sold so cheap, such a huge load has to come from Egypt. You are thinking all possibilities. Okay? Who is going to defeat this army? And even if it is defeated, how is such a whole lot of supply, provision come into my life? Okay. And such a huge load has to come for it is to be so cheap. This is Doubt. Unbelief, human reasoning, remember all these things which we heard is playing through the pages of the Bible in different situations, different generations, different people. So it doesn't matter whether you are the lowest strata of the society or the highest on whom the king leans, unbelief perverts the society. Okay, But the problem here is everything that God has ever done and will do comes in the human mind in the realm of the impossible. What we call miracle is natural for God. We call it miracle. God calls it natural. The Bible actually starts with human mind with the miraculous. How does Bible begin? Genesis one one in the beginning. God created. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Read Hebrews chapter eleven verses one to three. Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, yeah. Now Loudly, Peter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the of things hoped for. The evidence of things not. Seen. Of things not. <laughs> and all the ancients were commended for this. That's verse 2, yeah. Then, yeah. For by it, the elders obtained a good they obtained a good report. All the people who went before us, the believers. And then, verse 3. Through faith, Through faith we understand that. We understand that. The worlds were framed or created so by God. That the things which are seen. Which are seen were not made which are made. Ah, you see Genesis one one and Hebrews eleven three go together. God created. In the beginning, God created. Him. If you can believe Genesis one one, you can believe anything about God. That's why creation is attacked right from school. If you can believe. That all these things was created by God by just speaking. You can believe anything about God. Okay, if you can believe this about God, then that's where it begins. You can believe everything about God. Everything in the in the in the Bible, you can believe about God. What no, is not there in the Bible? If God says it will happen, because so that is God. So what is miraculous to us is natural for God. Let us say Peter was coming today's Bacharach is Peter. Okay, Peter was coming from uh, GSS and he was walking down. When he was walking down, he saw this big rock, okay, big flat rock, and he saw so moving. Hmm? So he just bent down and with two fingers he lifted that. It's very strong, okay? He just lifted that. When he lifted that, he saw a frog underneath. What did he see underneath? Frog. The frog was struggling. He just lifted it with you, and he looked at Peter and said, "Thank you. This is a miracle," which is true. For whom? For Peter. It's natural. Okay. Now think. Put yourself in the place of the frog and God as the person. Okay. Do you see? What we see has a miracle. It's just natural for God. Natural for God. Okay. I think it was to Billy Graham, somebody asked, do you believe that a whale swallowed Jonah? He said, if it is written in the Bible, Jonah swallowed a whale, I will still believe it. (laughs) (coughs) Because nothing is impossible with? Okay, nothing is impossible. Because this is where you will All in your little, 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 little ways, you will struggle with this. And you have to believe God, that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Because the problem is, our our education has become very secular, which means scientific. And it is natural. It's called natural science. Okay, When you are pseudoscience, when you are steeped in the natural, you find it very difficult to believe in the supernatural. Which is where God lives? Where he operates. What is supernatural is natural for him. Okay. That's why you have to be very careful on which arm you lean on. Because if you lean on the natural arm. The unbelieving. The doubting. The fearful. The anxious. The reasoning arm of man. You will not grow in your faith. You will be always praying. Lord I believe but help my unbelief. You came to church. Received some faith. You went out. Received unbelief. And God always looks for faith. God is looking for people who will believe what he says. Everything else is secondary. Virtue, knowledge, all should be added. But they don't come first. They don't come first. They don't come first. They all come later. Knowledge is fantastic. Nicodemus had incredible knowledge, but he didn't believe. So he walked away. The young man had incredible virtue. He said, I've kept it all this from the youth. But when Jesus said, follow me, he didn't believe. He didn't believe. Okay. So you need to realize, Zacchaeus had no virtue. But he believed. She believed. Samaritan woman had no virtue. Absolutely no virtue. And her knowledge about worship was absolutely wrong. But she believed. Okay. That's where it begins. Because this is the danger in which people get caught. Okay. And the Bible Always talks about faith first. And from cover to cover, from Genesis 1 onwards, if you look, this is the book of the miraculous. And the reason is why we need the miraculous. Because it will meet all of us at different stages of our life at a place called impossible. Okay, Everybody will, sometimes every day is impossible. But that's where God meets us. He meets us at a place called impossible. And God loves it. That's I mean he could have taken Israel into the Promised Land through different ways, but he didn't do that. He brought them to the Red Sea, blocked every way, got the Pharaoh to follow them, blocked and then he said, "Okay, it's impossible." Yeah, it's impossible. He says, "Now it is possible." Okay, and he will do it unless you understand God. You will not understand why your life is so tough because He loves it. Okay, so He'll meet us at a place called Impossible. The second is. He will bring us to that point when it happens, the glory will belong to God alone. You will know this was God and God alone and not you. Third thing, it proves Christ's deity, who Christ is in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. If you read, somebody can pick Acts two twenty-two, and somebody can look for John chapter 11. 22 What is it written in Acts 2 22 Peter is speaking on that day. 2 and verse 22. Man Israel, a man of Israel, hear these words. Hear these words. Jesus, of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, approved of God among you by, miracles. Among you by miracles. miracles. Jesus was approved among you by miracles. The sign of his deity. It's a sign of his deity, who he is. Okay, he was approved by miracles. Okay, Jesus came and why did he do all the miracles? I that this is who I am. Okay, God meets at a place called impossible and there God alone receives glory and he proves the deity of Jesus Christ and in John chapter 11 and verse 45. What does it say 11, 45? Hmm? Had seen the thing Jesus did, believed in Him. They believed in Him. Lazarus was four days dead. Called Him out, and all those who came, they saw it. They knew you, this is, this is God. Okay, He does miraculous things in our lives so that we believe in Him. So what did the, the what did Jesus say in Mark nine twenty three? If you believe, all things are. Meaning, if you have faith in God, all things are. How we wonder, uh, how we wish it was written, if you are virtuous, all things are possible. If you are educated, all things are possible. And the world tells us this myth if you are rich, all things are possible. Okay? But what the Bible says, if you believe, all things are possible with God. All things. Okay, Do you believe all things are possible with God? Things are possible with God. The reason is that you should not look at your weaknesses. Because you will say all things are possible. I am good at this and I will. That is not what God is talking about. You will be fooled. Let me tell you. uh, 2019, right? Two phases in my life. I have lived in Telangana. Typically Hyderabad. For 22 years. I can't speak Telugu. What does it tell about you, about me? I do not have the ability to learn languages. That's the truth. I still cannot speak one sentence in Telugu. Why? Because I do not have a natural ability to learn languages. It's true. In my Iflu, when I went for my Vaiva, I I froze for my actual phonetics vaiva. I could write. But I could when the viva came, I didn't know what he was speaking. I just froze. Because it is a language test. But I preach in three languages fluently. Okay? Every time I preach, I know this is not of me. The knowledge God has given. Every time I preach, I know this is not of me. Because this is something which I simply don't have. If I have, I can, I will learn Telugu in a year. In months. You see, I stand in meetings, speaking Telugu, translating in Telugu, hearing, 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 but I still cannot speak. It's simply something which you don't have. So, don't look at what you have. What you don't have is what is called the impossible. It's what is called the impossible, and that is where God will touch you, what is impossible. Because language is not my strength, it is my weakness. Language is not my strength, it's my weakness. Okay? So please, young people, all young let, let's go to a portion. Let me just go to first Corinthians. Oh, everybody open your Bible to first Corinthians. Bible, Bible app, whatever you have. We just read three verses, okay? First Corinthians chapter one. Everybody got? All got? Yeah? We'll read 27 to 29, okay? But God chose, I'm reading the NIV version, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 27. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly or base things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before Him. Okay, so there are three, two, three categories of so three or four categories: the wise and the foolish, the strong and the weak, the noble and the simple, the base. Okay, let's look at three categories which I've put over here. Please listen carefully: the wise and the foolish, the strong and the weak, the noble and the base. Let me honestly let me look at all your children from GSS. Let's be blunt, honest. If you look from where you came, where you came, broken homes, abandoned homes, parentless homes, technically you are foolish, you are weak, you are base. But my question to you is that if you look into scripture, you are actually ready to be picked by God. But as soon as you go to school, why do you try to become wise, smart, and look like the world? Making you unselectable by God. That's my question. I'm not talking to the others in the world. I'm talking to you who have heard the word so much. You know these are the kind of people God is looking for. And that is actually all of you were. All of you were this. You are nothing. You are nobody. You were not chosen. You were abandoned. But when you look into the word, these are exactly the kind of people God is looking for. People who are foolish. People who are weak. And don't have great families. God says, that's the kind of people. The problem is, the minute you get English education, you start becoming wise. You become like the noble, and you want to change your name to Reddy, Rao, Naidu, whatever it is. Everybody changes. What is this? And you actually become somebody God cannot choose cannot become somebody. I will tell you the danger of it. If you take a secular education and try to become like the world and if you are chosen by God He will put you in the wilderness like He put Moses until He has emptied you then He will call you. Because the calling of God is irrevocable. It's irrevocable. If you have been called look at it and realize I have been called because this is what I am. Don't try to become something which God cannot call. Cannot call. It will cost you much in eternity. Because everybody in the world wants to be wise, wants to be strong, wants to be nimble. And that's what they pride about. They pride about it. I'm telling you now. Now you are all okay. But earlier you used to complain, oh, our teacher's English is bad, this one is bad, our English. Come on, what difference does it make? It's not the English, it's the subject that matters. Can you teach math? No. The math teacher's English may be weak, but the question is, is your math strong? No. See, these things were there in you, because I heard all these conversations. You have to be very, very, very careful with this thing. Let me ask you this question. What is the nose for? That's the purpose of the nose, right? People say, oh, your nose is so well-shaped. It's noble. It's like, you know, aristocratic. What difference does it make? It is for smelling. Oh, it's slightly hooked. Must be of Jewish heritage. (laughs) What's the nose for? What's the nose for? Smelling. If your nose is aristocratic and Jewish, it is blocked. It is purposeless. So you have to look at what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Who are the kind of people God uses? And you read First Corinthians chapter two, verses twenty-six to twenty-nine, is an incredibly liberating factor, and say, Lord, make me like this, so that you can choose me. You can choose me, Otherwise you will be just like. Running after what we call in science that mirage, no? No water there. They're chasing the wind. God is not ever. Though you were called, you were never chosen. You were called every child of God sitting here was called. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But God cannot choose you because you did not become what you wanted to be. You became what you did not want to be. That's right forever, uh, Acts 7.22 says about Moses at 40, mighty in words and deed, learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And God says, I can't use you. <laughs> at 80, he says, I am nothing. I cannot speak. I cannot speak. He says, ready, ready. Then he humbles himself after he brings the people and say, Lord, show me your ways, teach me your paths. God said, I love you. You are ready. Okay. So please understand these things because don't lean on the arm of flesh. Don't try to make the arm of flesh strong. Arm of flesh strong. Because you, 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 you only in hindsight when you're walking with God, you will understand that if you were called of God, what we call predestination, if you are called of God, even when you did not know God, God was working in your life. He was orchestrating events in your life. And that's why your life is different. Let me ask you, all of you have come, like you have you have um, Hepsiba and Dipika from the same village. You have twins from the same village. Are all those of your age in, I will tell you, most of you of your age in the village, aren't they already married? Haven't, don't they have kids? Why are you here? Because you were chosen. Not by us, by God. Why are you here? Have you ever asked this question? There were 15 others of my own situation actually better than me. They went into the norm of this world. But I am here, sitting here. Why? Why am I sitting here? Why Why is my life different? You need to realize. You'll Hindsight you will realize later with God. God was working in my life. Even what you thought was bad, God was working in your life. No, I know. I've shared it. But my, my life was like that. That's what I asked. How old are you? He said he's 13. How old is he? He's is 12. Venkata is 12. It was at the age of 12. In the month of October, out of the blue, my father picked me from that country and dropped me in Kerala, just out of the blue. One day I was the king of the jungle. Here is home, here is the campus, you open your doors, school is here, library is here, field is here, you don't have to do a thing other than eat, play and study, nothing, everything is done for you. The only child with your parents, everything is done for you. The next day you realize. Middle of the academy year, your father brings you down to Kerala. He goes to the city where all the elders are studying in the boarding school. And the priest says the boarding is shut. You are not taking anymore. So here am I in the middle of the academy year. Five days journey from Bhutan. Can't go back. And he takes me to my grandfather and puts me in a school. And he leaves. Within a week they are gone. I don't know my grandparents. I'm only 12 years. So I don't know them. I don't even speak the language properly. And suddenly you are in class 6, you have to walk 2 or 3 kilometers to the bus station, you have to catch a bus which I never did in my life, and then get off and walk another 3 kilometers to the school, and you have to suddenly learn 2 new languages which you don't know. One is Malayalam and one is Hindi. I never learned Malayalam, I never learned Hindi. I am sitting with 2 new languages and the subjects, and no father, no mother, nobody, everybody is gone trudging my way up and down up and down everything you have to do no taps there at home everything bathroom tap everything here no you have to draw well and that too in that choir you know not plastic rope choir it cuts you your hand has never worked in your life so your hands are soft and it is cutting your hands you have to draw water if you wanted warm water you have to heat your own water you wash your own clothes at 12 you wash your own clothes Every day. You want to iron? You ironed your own clothes. You sewed your own clothes. Okay, But I didn't know God was preparing me to be independent, to serve Him. So today I can do everything on my own. Till today, I wash my clothes. I clean my office. I sweep. I swab. I sew my own. This thing. I can cook on my own. I went to mission countries. I cooked on my own every day. Never ate from outside. You know what? He was preparing me for something which I didn't even know. And those days I was angry. I was very angry. Why does this have to happen to me? Every Christmas vacation, the brothers all come and we are all together for 10 days. And all you hear is what they ate and what they saw, this movie and this movie. And I'm sitting like, tell me the story, tell me the story, tell me the story, tell me the story. Me the story. And they're talking about city, 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 city. And you're angry. Why did they have it to happen to me? And then I reach the city. Finally, one week you are saved. No more fun. <laughs> no more fun. And the youth group, through who they got, I mean, through God touched me, they are very smart. There were 30 of us in the first year degree hostel. And they told me, you got saved today. Go to every room, Muslim, Hindu, Christian, every room and give your testimony. So every room I go and tell them I accepted Jesus, accepted. I didn't know this is how they train you. After that, nobody called me for anything. <laughs> I said, you're playing cards, why you're not calling me, but you got saved. You got saved. What you thought was bad actually turned around because God had a plan and a purpose. God had a plan and a purpose. And everything that you trained yourself in, those days were difficult. They were not easy. They were difficult. You kids are all so lucky. We did not have, we were not allowed to use dot pens, only ink pens. An ink pen, you had to last, that that pen had to last a year. And we're always so scared about that nib because your father is 30 days letter away, one letter takes 30 days. 30 days. If the, we use a, uh, if you, we used a blade to keep the nib proper so the ink would flow because sometimes the paper gets in so use you, a, you, you keep a, the blade you took from the barbershop or you, from your grandfather kept it because to see that your pen writes. You didn't carry two pens, you carried one pen and two nibs. Okay? And that's how we lived. That's why you don't change when things happen. Because if your life, you haven't learned those lessons in your childhood, then a time will come when God gives you liberty, God gives you prosperity and all. But because you have been framed in certain things, you do not change. You don't, all these things starts working out. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. You look at, you look at all of you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. You are here by God's incident. And learn all those things. All, even every trouser of mine, I sew. Because when you buy it ready made, it is always long. I sew it myself, everything. My shirt, it's I sew. Where did I learn as a child? Everything. Okay? Because so you need, need to realize what you learned when you did not know god was orchestrated by god to serve him when a time and the hour comes time and the hour comes so that's what i said learn all they don't use these washing machines and all okay wash my hand it gets cleaner okay? it Gets cleaner Washing machines are okay unless it saves time. If you value time, then use. If you have all, it's like somebody I heard in an old Western movie—one of the best dialogues I heard. I have no time to waste because I'm doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people are like that. Okay, they have all the time in the world, but they do nothing. Okay, learn skills young people learn because God has made us all these things. Okay. He wants you to be foolish. So among my brothers, I was foolish. Among my brothers, I was weak. Among my brothers, I was base because they studied in that city and I did not. I did not. Okay. But all those things turned out around for my good. So the question is, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Because the very things we resist and fight may be the very things God is using to make us. That's why scripture says, if you are trained by it, if you are trained by it, very things, very, very things, if you are trained by it, you get trained.
1: The only thing I
0: always had in my life as a child, and then when I came to my grandfather's house, college, till today, we always had our own privacy. That's why I still want my privacy. In my home, I was the only child. the others were So I had my bedroom. When I came to my grandfather's house, oh, it was a big house, 11 rooms. I always had my bedroom. When I went to the hostel, the only hostel in the whole state, everybody got a single room. So I got a single room. So I always wanted my privacy and I always got my privacy. And I look back and say, thank you, Lord, because I love my privacy. You can sit there alone with God and do your work. Okay, so you look back and you realize even that room which was given to you was factored in by God for your future. For your future. There's nothing escaped. This is a God, a Father who has detailed everything. He's factored in everything. So that is why faith has to come. That is why we are able to praise God in all situations. Lord, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. But I believe you were there working behind it all. This is the problem with the man on whom the king was leaning. He said even if God were to open the windows, this is not going to happen. It is impossible. Okay? Impossible. Because the danger is that if you change and go in the ways of the world and you become actually successful on earth, you will end up in hell. If you ever become successful on earth, it should be because of God and God's ways. And no other way. No other way. Know him. Know who he is. And know his will. Then, it's interesting what he actually says. Go back to Second Kings chapter 7. I love that verse. Okay, what Elijah says, sorry, Elisha says. What does he say? Verse 1. The word of the Lord. Loudly, loudly, young men. Hear the word of the Lord. Hmm. Thus says the Lord. Says the Lord. Okay, that's enough. What does he say? Tomorrow Tomorrow this time. There is always a set time for God to do things in your life. Always a set time to do. Okay, young people, Dipika and uh, Divya and Dipika. Okay, there is always a set time. In this case, he said tomorrow, around this time. God has time. Though he lives outside time and has put us in time, God has time. Every promise, every prophecy in your life, spoken, unspoken, has a set time. Scripture says in Psalm 105 and verse 19. Psalm 105 and verse 19. Somebody got it? Until the time, until the time his word came. there was a time God had appointed he had seen it 13 years earlier Joseph had seen it 13 years earlier he saw two dreams of him reigning he saw but the time set for its fulfillment was 13 years away 13 years away in this case it is next day but please remember for everything God has a time yes young man God has a time every promise The reason why this is so important is if you don't understand how God works in time, you will give up. You will give up. Though you were called, though you were chosen. Joseph was called, Joseph was chosen. But he did not give up because he knew there was a set time. And he didn't know when the set time was. I always say the worst period of his 13 years incarceration was the last two years. The last two years. Because he told the 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 butler, right? He told the butler, please when you meet the pharaoh, tell him about me. And scripture says he went there and promptly forgot. God made him forget because it was not God's time yet. And he must be waiting, 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 waiting. Soon the order will come, the pharaoh, release this man, release this man. But it was not God's time. It was not God's time. Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, this is going to happen. You may be going through a siege. You may be waiting for your breakthrough. But you need to realize, God is a God of breakthrough, but he breaks through at his time. At his time. That is. It's from hearing your faith comes. You will see in this particular case, nobody believed. Still the breakthrough came. If you know the story, because nobody believed and nobody was willing to step out in faith, God has to use four lepers who were cast out of the gate of the city. There are four people sitting at the gate. The gate is locked. There is Samaria starving inside. There is Aram outside and four lepers over there. And the lepers come to a desperate situation in sitting and they make this incredible statement. Why sit here till we die? And they move. And that's how the breakthrough comes. Because four people who are leprous sit there and said, if you sit here, we will die. If we go inside, we will die of famine. If we go in, outside, they may kill us. But who knows, they may have mercy also. Let us go. That's how the revival begins. Nobody believed. Nobody believed. The word of the Lord has come from Elisha. Nobody believed. There is a set time. Okay, but that comes from hearing. That's why scripture says, Pope Elisha says, hear the word of the Lord. It's, everybody heard. Everybody heard. Everybody is hearing the word. But the question is, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Because like, see, receiving your miracle, your breakthrough, receiving that word like Joseph received that word from God, is uh, to be used a uh, Natural illustration is like getting pregnant. You cannot get a baby without getting, you cannot have a baby without becoming pregnant. Right? That's why the word of God is called a seed. What is the word of God called? Seed. And that's how a woman begins pregnant. It's called the man's seed. You getting it? You have to hear, and you have to hear, and you have to hear, and you have to hear. You have to hear, you have to study, you have to hear, you have to study until it is deposited deep within. Deep within. Let me ask you this question, okay, all our adults now, don't pretend you don't know. You all know what pregnancy is and how one gets pregnant also, you all know. Okay, don't look so innocent. (coughs) Let us say Abraham married Sarah at the age of 50. Or 40, let's say 40. He had his child at 100. How many times they came together and she didn't get pregnant? She didn't get pregnant. Now why? But the child was from God. But he had to keep coming together. She didn't get pregnant. But as soon as he came together with Hagar, she got pregnant. Because it was not from God Getting the difference? and something is very fast, be very careful. Be very, very careful. This is not of God. This is not a promise coming through. It's not the word of God because it has to sink deep, deep, deep within. Deep within until the word of God has gone. And the thing is that the the because the, the Bible uses those terms as seed and all. Let me ask you. Let me tell you. When a woman actually becomes pregnant... Everything changes for her. The way she acts, the way she eats, the way she talks, the way she cries, everything changes. Our wonderful young child, uh, our Ava. Ava and Ralph were married for 11 years and then now she's pregnant after 11 years. And she's telling, Appu Ma, even my nose is swollen. Everything changes. Everything changes. The way you walk, the way you talk. The way you eat, the way sometimes you cry, are you getting it? When the word of God has impregnated your spirit, everything changes. You know, you know, that you know, that you know, God has spoken. God has spoken. That is why it is very important to see every case when God says something, listen to the response of the people. Because if you believe, it will show what you say. What you say. Because it's gone in. Now your vocabulary has changed. Yesterday you said not possible. Today you said possible because now the seed has gone in. It is gone in and you know it is possible. How do you know? I know. Okay. How do you know? I know old days, okay. Now you can have all those t- pregnancy tests and all of us and all those pictures and all to me. All those this thing I don't say Papu here, this thing. But old days they knew. They knew. And old days movies, nobody had these clinics and all, they will show this girl throwing up. That's all. <laughs> they knew. Okay. But you can throw up because of food poisoning also. <laughs> but you knew. You knew this is not food poisoning. This is something that is changing, something that is happening. That's what the Bible is talking about. You know, you know, you know. Okay. Then Jesus, it's not I who said this. Jesus said all, oh, he connected all these things with pregnancy, with labor. And he says, then there is something. This pregnancy has changed your whole your life. But it, when it comes close to birth, the pangs begin. The labor pangs begin. Okay. So just before the miracle, there is a siege, supply is gone, king is helpless, people are desperate, people are eating each other's children, you need to realize something is about to break. Something is about to break. Joseph is dead, new pharaoh has come, children are being thrown into the Nile, children of Israel are dying you need to realize something is about to break because the promised Messiah as Moses is about to come. Something is about to break. That is how you read. We are not giving a lesson on pregnancy. We are giving a lesson about Jesus coming. That's how you read. Things are happening because he connected his second coming to pregnancy and labor pains. And here you see these patterns, always. You see these patterns. And that's where you see the patterns. There is a siege. There is incredible lack. People are desperate. Cannibalism is happening. Everything is getting worse in the city. The king wanted to kill the man of God. God was working behind the scenes. And he had a set time. And nobody knew that time, except one man. Nobody knows when Jesus will come, except one person. One man knew. It's a tomorrow, this time. Problem is, usually people give up. That's why I always say, Psalm 30 is a defining chapter in David's life. When everybody gave up, he refused to give up. Remember, Amalekites burned Ziglag, Everybody picked up their stones. He could have also given up. But he didn't give up. One man didn't give up. And you will see three days later what was pursuing him all these years. King Saul is dead. Three years. Just three. Seventy-two hours from your breakthrough. The devil is bringing all the forces against David to give up. Seventy-two hours later, because he refused to give up, his king. The kingdom is in his hands because he refused to give up. In Galatians, if I am right, chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. What does it say? Galatians 6 and verse 9. Do not grow weary of well-doing. Induce season, that is time. You shall reap if you don't. If you don't faint, if you don't give up. Don't give up. lot of people. Nations, generations have given up just at God's set time. First generation of Israel came till the border, saw the promised land, saw the evidence, and gave up. And gave up. Gave up. Okay. It's dangerous always when God speaks to, to deny what God is saying. This man said, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, this will not happen. And what Alicia says? It will happen, but you will not see it. It will happen. But God has said, "You will come to us. But you will not see it. You will not see it. Others will see it. And we will see in the end of the story, as the people are breaking through the gate to get the supplies, he is trampled to death. Where? At the? Judgment takes place where? At the gate. At the gate is judged. Because you refused to believe the word of the Lord. He died. Okay. A lot of us lose what God has for us because we did not believe. God said it was meant for you. But you did not believe. You fainted. You gave up. We give up. That's why we don't give up. That's why we frame ourselves. Frame ourselves by the word of God. You get it? As we as I close. Maybe next week, if it's me or Pastor Vijay, if it's me. There were four men sitting on the city gates outside. They were neither inside nor outside, city gates. Who were they? Four? They had no faith. But they had something that moved them. What was that? They were hungry. They were hungry. They were very hungry. What moved them? They were very hungry very, very hungry. And they said, why sit here till we will die." die? That's why God, when he created man in the physical, he put hunger there because our hunger will define us. Hunger will define us. So the simple question, the last question to go back home with, what are you hungry for? are you hungry for the psalmist and all will say i'm hungry i'm thirsty for you what are you hungry for because you are actually feeding your hunger common about all of us we all eat food that's what i'm talking about but other than that other than that there is something that is particular to you that's your hunger that's what you're feeding ask yourself question is that of god or is that of the flesh what is your hunger These four men were desperate because they were hungry. And because they were hungry, they moved. Because they moved, a city was saved. A city was saved. An entire city was saved. Are you hungry? They go there. They find everybody is gone. They take the food. They eat. They drink. They are so full. They get the gold, silver, all hide it. Then suddenly one says, hey, It will not go well with us. There are people starving inside and we are sitting here and eating. If we don't go and tell it to them, it will not go well with. That's a proof of salvation. What did the woman at Samaritan do? She came for water, left her well, went to the city and said, come and see whether he is the Messiah. How do you know you are saved? Because you know, I have eaten and I have drunk from that well. If I keep silent, it will not go well with me. Why are people silent? Because they haven't drunk at the well. They haven't drunk at the well. Once you have drunk at that well from Jesus, you cannot keep quiet. Because you know there are people starving in the city. There are people dying in the city. And this is not for self-consumption. He said, river shall flow. It was meant to be given away. It is meant to be given away. So ask these questions tonight. Because we are not coming here for Bible study. We are coming here to study the God of the Bible. To know Him. Know that person. And grow in grace. And grow in the knowledge of God. No, don't just grow in the knowledge of God. That only make you proud and useless. But if you grow in the knowledge of God and in grace, grace will flow. Grace will flow. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, this evening. We just thank you, we just thank you, we just thank you, Father. All that we keep hearing every day, every week, I pray faith will continue to increase, O God. And I pray, Lord, each day, each week we preach, we hear the word, somebody would be receiving a word from the Lord that it would go so deep into their inner man and they will know it is not man that spoke to me, it is God who spoke to me. And I'm going to hold on to that promise Because it's a promise from my father to me. Until I see it come to pass. And I will not grow weary. I will see it come to pass in my life. And those who are under siege. I pray they will not be sarcastic like the man. Upon whose arm the king leaned. But they will say I believe. And if they are struggling they will say Lord I believe. Help. Oh Lord I pray in with my unbelief. But I believe you Lord. That all things are possible with thee. All things are possible with thee. Whatever situations you are going through, Lord. Each person. I pray. They will meet you. And they will know you are the God of miracles. Which is natural for you, Lord. Absolutely natural, Lord. Because this is the sign of your power, your authority, and your deity. Deity, O Father. Lord Jesus. We believe, Lord. We believe. Go with us. Go before us, so that, O oh Father, every crooked path is made straight, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Commit the rest of the night into Thy hands. You brought everyone safely here, and I pray you reach everyone safely too, to their homes, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.